Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Welcome to today's program, and you're going to meet two very fascinating people. A drummer, a rock and roll drummer, who is now very much involved as an agent in Hollywood, and his lovely wife, Claire Hutchinson, who has just had a movie made. What a couple. Terry, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And Claire. Thank you, Dan. Now, we mentioned about you were with the Lemon Pipers. If you're really old, you'll remember, what was the name of the big hit? My Green Tambourine. <laughs> did you ever have a Green Tambourine? Yes, I did. You I, did? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened to it. So, You know, it's been a long time ago, uh, fall of 67. Now, was that uh, after you left uh, the Army in Vietnam or before? Before. Yeah. That's before. That was the summer. Recorded at Buddha Records in Columbus, Ohio. And then uh, in August, I was drafted. So I went to Vietnam. And then a drummer from London took over, and he was the drummer. Tell us what happened. You had an extraordinary experience in Vietnam. Oh, I had. I was spared three times. So uh, different times, I lost two buddies. And I can go into that. But um, after I lost like three guys that I knew, I went down to China Beach, and I saw a chaplain, and the first thing I did is I grabbed him and said, you, I need to be baptized. He goes, well, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. And then he, he talked to me for a while, and then I got baptized in the China Sea. And then other guys saw me do that, and they came up and wanted to. So it led a whole bunch of other guys wanting to do the same thing. So. You know, I've been to Vietnam, but I was uh, I was there as a journalist, not as a as a soldier. Uh, what did it do to you, Terry? I mean, it must have been a terrible experience in many ways. Oh, it was it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but um, I I it changed me, and then uh, oh, I, I got pretty wild, I guess, and mm-hmm. then uh, I realized this is not the way to go. I was brought up a Christian, you know, little. I went to church camp and. And all that, but when I got over there, a lot of pressure, a lot of tension, and you never knew if you're going to live day to day. And rockets would come in every night; you wouldn't get any sleep, and um, it was pretty bad. So. Now, Claire, you're totally different. You're from a very respectable background, <laughs> and uh, tell us about your early life in Canada. I was born in Nova Scotia. And I was raised in Winnipeg for most of my life. Yeah, that's a pretty cold place, I understand. Yeah, it's It can go down really cold. It's actually the coldest major city on Earth. <laughs> so temperatures can go down to minus 54. So it's very cold. And, and I was raised uh, in a Catholic environment. My mom was a devout Catholic, and so was her mom. Her mom would go to church every morning at 6.30 in the morning and pray. And so she took us, my mom took us to the Catholic Church every week, and that was a benefit to me because I learned the stories of the Bible at an early age. 
but as I was growing up, I, you know, in my late 20s, I had a health crisis where I was hospitalized four times. What, what actually happened? I'd rather not go into it, okay. um, but I recovered, and then I um, started to search for the truth because I really didn't feel like I knew for sure that I was going to heaven. I, I knew Jesus as God, and I, I knew the stories of the Bible, but I I really had no assurance of salvation, just to put it that way. So I searched and searched, and I met a guy who was an ex-Catholic, and, and he told me some of the doctrines of the church, which I started to see that some of these were inaccurate when you compare them to the Bible, and I started going to a a Bible-believing church, and and I found out that you're not saved by works, but by the grace of God, and you can know that you're saved. You don't have to wonder or question whether you're saved. It says anyone who believes in Christ will be saved and will have eternal life, anyone who accepts Christ. So, I, I think I accepted Christ. It was maybe around 29 or 30 years old where I, where, where I really delved into the Bible and, and, you know, asked myself these questions and found all the answers in the Bible. And, and I was really relieved because, you know, now I, I knew that there was an answer to my question and it was found in Christ. You know, so I, I, um, that was my spiritual journey up until 30. Yeah. Well, very interesting. We're speaking with rock and roll drummer Terry Porter from the Lemon Pipers and, um, uh, also his lovely wife who is a screenwriter and she's just had a movie come out called Lucky's Treasure. Tell us briefly about the movie. The movie's about a college-age Christian young lady who goes back to her grandfather's farm to help him get over the death of his wife. And he's very bitter because the horse, he hates the horse that he has called Lucky because it threw his wife and she died from the accident, even though the, the horse was spooked by a snake, so it wasn't really the horse's fault. So uh, she dies, and he's been bitter for a year, and and then the young girl goes back and tries to help him get over her death, and then and then there's all the conflict where there's a treasure involved and and a horse, and she has there's tests to her faith, and these tests help her grow in her faith and become closer to God. So it's her story as well um, as a young lady. And um, that's basically what it's about. Yeah. Now, I can imagine what it must have been like to see uh, the whole, pro, you know, the film in the, in the movie theater. Yeah. What did it, was, it, was it exciting or did you cry or what? Well, we had a premiere at our church and, and we had quite a few people and, and just the response was so positive. It was like I was so overwhelmed because I just, when you're a writer, you sometimes have these doubts as to whether 
you're any good as a writer and and to have the audience really respond positively was so great you know it was great for me as a writer and and the message was great because it was all family friendly and and god was honored in it and there were you know lines about god in the film and about christ and and a lot of people at the end said it's about time we have films that have family values and that aren't offensive to people and and they just loved it so you know god was honored and i was really happy and the audience was happy and terry was happy <laughs> <laughs> well terry i'm trying to figure out how you go from a beach in vietnam to uh, a drummer for Lemon Pipers to Hollywood as a uh, well. I know you've done several things. You've had a record label and mm-hmm. done other things. But how did you initially get involved in Hollywood? And what exactly do you do there? Um, I had a friend that was a musician that wanted me to had a screenplay and said, "Can you get this in Columbia or RCA?" Or so I tried that form, and even though I didn't know that world, and then. Um, Every time I called, they'd say, oh, you got to be a signatory with the Writers Guild or an entertainment lawyer. So I said, what is uh, signatory? And they'd say, well, call the Writers Guild. So I called, and I said, what is a signatory? And they <laughs> said, do you want uh, an application? And I said, well, yeah, send me an application. So when I got it, I fit all what they wanted. So they, they awarded me this, and, and then it took me about two months to realize what kind of power I had. <laughs> what, so, what's a signatory? What does that how mean? I sign contracts and deals for writers. I negotiate the deals with uh, studios and film companies and um, television networks, show, you know, TV shows. And so I handle kind of like what a lawyer does in a way, mm-hmm. but I can go in and pitch the scripts and, and talk to the producers and directors and so, I mean, how do you get through the door? I imagine that must be uh, part of the situation. You've got to, the, maybe the, to start with, they have no idea who you are. No. You've got to have some sort of way of getting through the door. How would you do that? I just tell them that, you know, I'm a Writers Guild of America agent, and um, I have some projects I want to pitch. And, um, you know, I have to explain that I am the agent, not the writer, you know. And then they, then they say, oh, okay, well, you are an agent. And I said, yes. And, and then um, we'll go ahead and email us a one page in the log line. And if we like that, we'll ask for the whole script. So um, I got around it that way. They finally got to know me. You know, I was one of the few Christian agents. And um, they knew I did uh, family value, good things, nothing bad, no no extreme sex or no violence or and they knew I wouldn't handle that. So uh, when I, I finally, they thought they'd get rid of me, but I've been <laughs> in a, 25 years now, so so uh, they're starting to call me now. Yeah. Now they're calling me, saying, you know, we, we want more uh, projects. Do you have any new projects? And I'll say, yeah, I do, because they're finally realizing there's like 100 million Christians out there that want to see good movies that will mm-hmm. spend money, and, you know, so they're start, starting to have more faith and value departments within the studios mm. and before they didn't have that you two are now married but uh, i understand that this gentleman next to you claire 
was your agent for quite a while. Mm-hmm. How did you find him, and what was it about him that attracted you? Well, the first thing is I, f- I found him through a friend named Brian. He was the only other screenwriter I knew in Winnipeg. And so uh, we were friends, and he said, Well, Claire, if if you write a script that's good enough and I like it, I'll send it to my agent, Terry Porter. Oh. So um, he, I wrote Caleb the Cult, which is a, an animated musical about the donkey that Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And I sent it to Terry, and he really liked it, especially the songs that I had co-written with my friend. And, and so uh, we met over the phone first in December of 2004. And the first thing I liked, I have to be honest, I said, he has a great voice, <laughs> you know, and I just really liked his voice. Did you know and he was a rock and roll drummer? I had no clue of <laughs> anything. All I knew was that he was an agent. So, and and then he signed me on, and, and then we met a year later. Uh, I was going to the Screenwriting Expo, in L.A., and so we met at LAX Airport, and he drove me around to the expo and then to pitch to different uh, producers and that, and that's how we first met. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about him that you found? I mean, I'm sure there's not many people like him in, in Winnipeg, but uh, he he's like your old hippie, uh, you know, type of guy that's made good. I mean, was it that hippie style that you liked. I mean, I have to tell you, he's wearing the most amazing shirt at the moment, and uh, I could imagine him at one time on uh, Venice Beach there doing stuff. What, what was it? I mean, you're, you're from a whole different background. Well, um, this is true. I, I looked into his eyes when he took off his glasses, and I said, <laughs> that man really has kind eyes. I just fell in love with his eyes, and 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 I also <laughs> realized that he was really smart because, you know, not many men can keep up with me, you know, and he was able to, you know, keep up with me intellectually and, and other ways, you know, and, and it just, you know, I said, wow, this, and then we became really good friends. We were friends for like eight years or probably a little less because we started dating probably in the last two years. But so we were friends for about six years and we go to LA off and on and pitch and all that. And we grew closer as friends and I started to really like him. You so know, tell us so. the big moment. Did he get on his knees to propose? Well, it happened <laughs> in a Cinnaboyne park in Winnipeg. <laughs> he came up to Winnipeg and, and he uh, proposed at the duck pond. And <laughs> and the symbolism of that is that we are both animal lovers, and animals have played a big part in our marriage. We have we we had like at one point seven cats, oh. and we have one dog now named Skipper, and we just love animals. So it was it was kind of like a you know, as I said, symbolic that he proposed in front of the duck pond with <laughs> with the ducks all out there in the summer, you know, swimming around. So, yeah. Uh, what, what did he say? Can you remember? Oh, he just pulled out a ring and said, <laughs> Claire, will you marry me? Yeah. And I just 
looked at the ring in shock. I was actually in shock. I didn't say anything for a while. But then I said, yes, you know. (laughs) Now, both of you were in town to uh, speak at the... SoCal Christian Writers Conference, which is being held at Biola University. Now, this is being played after the the, uh, the the conference is over, but briefly, Terry, you're one of the speakers. Claire is another speaker. Right. What have you been speaking about? Well, the first seminar um, was how to get an agent, what agents do, and all about agenting and what I do for a writer. And then uh, today um, I had another one, how Hollywood works and the inside tricks and all the structure and so by the time I was done, you know, all the writers said, I didn't know that, you know. So I told them a lot of things and a lot of stories, you know. I have different stories to get them laughing, and, and it's, but learning at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Claire, you've been speaking even more than your hubby, I understand. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the different seminars you've done. Well, I had three continuing sessions on screenwriting. The first session was on character, how to build a character based on your subject and your theme, um, and the different qualities that go into a character, how to make it up, uh, like the character's goals, their conflicts, inner and outer conflicts. And the second seminar was on structure, and that's all about like um, the setup, Plot point one, the midpoint, plot point two, which is the all is lost moment, and the resolution. So I talked about how does a script hang together structurally. And then the third uh, seminar is going to be on marketing your screenplay because marketing actually probably takes up about 40 to 50% of your time. Like you always have to be looking for your next gig. So you have to know how to market yourself and your script. Let's say uh, I'd like to be a screenwriter, and I've never done a a screenplay before. Uh, How do you pick a story, and then how do you turn it into a screenplay? Well, uh, the first thing I'd say is that you have to have an idea that's high concept. By that I mean it's unique and hopefully it's never been done before. Um, if it's been done before, it has to have a story twist or a new character or something new happening that it, it seems like it's not been done before, even if it has. You know, so so what I'm saying is have a high concept idea and and then just go from there. And I just start with my subject, like for. For example, one script I wrote called Status Update, I wanted, I just got this idea from God that I wanted to write a script about Facebook and jealousy. And that was were the two words. And that was my subject. And then I said, what do I want to say about Facebook and jealousy? <laughs> and, and it sort of goes together because it's about a woman who um, sees all these lavish and great lifestyles that her family and friends are living and she concocts phony lifestyle, a phony lifestyle to emulate them and outdo them. So it's, it's all about how her jealousy of them drives her in this negative direction. And, and so that's how I sort of build a screenplay. 
you know, but I start with a concept that I think is unique and that maybe has not been done before. I, I remember some years ago I was uh, visiting CBN and they had just done their first Christian soap opera. And uh, there were a group of us over from the UK. One of them was quite a famous uh, British director called Norman Stone. And um, Norman Stone, uh, we sat down and we watched this terrible <laughs> soap opera. It seemed like John 3.16 had to be in every other sentence, you know. And uh, afterwards, the, uh, one of the guys from CBN said, well, what did you think of that? And Norman Stone stood up and said, that is the worst piece of drama I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, it seemed that in years ago, the story didn't matter so much as getting scripture in a lot of it. Uh, Terry, you're a guy who has to market scripts, good and bad. And um, how do you know when one is, it's a good one? I mean, I'm sure that you even turned down some possible client. What is needed to make a project work? Well, the other day I had one, an 18-year-old kid that sent me one, said, I want to send you this one page, and it's a big hit, and it's going to be great script, and everybody's going to love it. And I go, well, what is it? And he goes, it's called Vampire Santa. And I said, Vampire Santa? And, and I said, I don't think so. Kids are scared enough to get on Santa's lap. So so uh, he meant well, but, you know. But I had another one that I read, that, and I didn't. I, didn't, I can't rep this one because it's already bought, but yeah. it was a really, really good concept. And, and it was a story about a guy that invented the incubator and how he was in London nobody, or France, wasn't it? France. And nobody paid attention. And uh, he came to the States, and, and he passed it off in um, circuses as a freak show and put babies in. And finally they realized this, this really works, you know. And he's the one that invented the incubator. So stories that like that were really, really good. And um, But, I mean, I get so many good ones, but then it gets down to financing, you know, who's going to fund the film and and that sort of thing. There have been people over the years that that come in that want to do that, but then they might get burnt by somebody that's in the business, and they never want to do it again after that. So I don't want to name names, but yeah. but I mean I just don't do that sort of thing. You know, I, I'm I want good family films that are going to be really good, and I mean I pitch them to all the studios, animation, and um, um, so I, I don't know. I just it's hard to find a good one, but when you do, I so, try to sign them on. You know. Yeah. So, so if people would like to at least approach you, and they haven't got a vampire Santa type of story, uh, how do they make contact with you, Terry? Well, uh, through the Writers Guild, you can find agents. Uh, yeah. List of agents. I'm in. I'm in there. So it's then, look for Terry Porter. That's Terry Porter agent yeah. at gmail dot com. Okay. And then usually I want a one page synopsis with a log line. Yeah. 
in a log line like uh, Home Alone meets Field of Dreams or yeah. something, you know. What, what about a, a drummer that finds the Lord on a beach in uh, in Vietnam? Would that be a good uh, good story? Yeah, that'd be a great story. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, there's been a lot of, of veterans send me stories. Yeah. Believe it or not, from all branches. And yeah. Some were really good. You right. know. So. Now, Claire, you you do these seminars for people. How do people find out more about what you do? I've got two websites. Um, one is my business website which is www.ambassadorcommunications.biz. And then I have my own website with all my uh, scripts listed and my services as well. And that's at uh, www.clairehutchinson.net. So they can, uh, they can go on to either of them and find me there and, and uh, reach out to me if they have uh, uh, something that they want turned into a script or they have an idea even or, you know, a treatment or a book that or a story that they want done, they can get in touch with me there. Mm. Terry, looking back on your rather uh, colorful life, um, can you believe that you would uh, now be working in Hollywood, have a lovely screenwriter Wife, I mean, uh, you must pinch yourself sometimes. It's, a, it's the perfect setup. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It, it's um, I, I never thought that. No, but I, I like Claire. We prayed every night for years, and and I was in Indiana. And my mom's and my daughter was there, and they said it's it's eight. Eight o'clock, and it's time for you to call that lady in Winnipeg right now. I said, <laughs> "Okay, mom." You know, so so I, I realized I better. Uh, Start getting myself together, and after a long time of courting, I finally got nerve enough to go up and ask. So, <laughs> so but it's, it's been perfect ever since. Well, you've been listening to Terry Porter, who is now a Hollywood uh, agent, and uh, his lovely wife from Winnipeg, Canada, now living in Arizona. What's the name of the town? Sun City West. Yeah, sounds very glamorous. Sun City West. Claire Hutchinson, I want to thank both of you for being on the program. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. You have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News Service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.